Glory to God. Well, obviously, our senior pastor and um, um, Pastor Tinu are both not here today. They are out of town, and they extend their love. They'll be here early enough for next Sunday service. So you have me today. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But guess what? The Lord is here, and we've been enjoying an awesome time in his presence. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory, 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 glory to God. Amen. And so we've been hearing about um, the covenant, and our senior pastor has laid such an awesome, awesome foundation, and he's been, you know, I mean, I, I called them, I told them, these are confidence boosters, you know, and he's not done yet. This is just, he's still at the foundation, you know, and I'm, I've been so blessed by the word that we have received so far in this series, and I, I trust that you are, um, for everyone who has received Christ, you are in this covenant, and therefore you have access to the full blessing. You know, that's the number one qualification. You know, if you haven't received Christ, then this conversation, I mean, well, is, is good information for you. But you need to start off first by receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then you begin the journey into receiving the full blessing. So what I'm going to do today is just a side note, right? Just um, give us something to keep at the back of our minds. As we continue to receive this series. Okay, today is not that day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. You know, you try to heat up and this is just cooling you down. So, no, no. I need the fire, please. <laughs> All right. So. I was saying that this is a side note, and um, my focus for today is something I've been thinking about, you know, meditating on ever since this series started. And I was wondering, I don't know if you have thought about this, that when you see the package, the blessing package that is promised us, and you look at your life, there is a disconnect there, Right? The Lord has promised the full blessing. He has promised so much. Now, we've learned that, you know, we shouldn't regard anything as, you know, the little blessings. No. But, you know, in some cases, they, they, they have things like this is your starter pack. You know, and then you can upgrade and continue to upgrade. A lot of us are still grappling with the starter pack of the blessing. And a lot of us are just comfortable with our starter pack. No upgrade. Not, let, just leave me right here. You know? But the Lord wants more for us. Amen? He wants us to step into the full blessing. And so I've been wondering. I can't be experiencing just trickles every now and then. You pray so hard. You press. You fast. And then something drops. And you celebrate it, and it's just almost like dark ages for the next five, ten years. No. There has to be a continuous flow. 
Amen? We don't have forever here on this side of eternity, okay? So while we are here, let us get everything that the Lord has promised. Hallelujah. And so this led me to look into the life of Abraham. And when you go to, I wanted to say Abraham chapter, but let's go to Genesis chapter 12. (laughs) Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to read most of my scriptures from um, the New Living Translation. So... Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to 5 is what we're going to read. The Bible says that the Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Mind you, Abraham at this time is 75 years old. Uh, I don't know about you. Somebody at 75 thinking about a new beginning. Like, I mean, it's okay if you are in your community where you are used to and you just want to try some side hustle. Okay, something not stressful. You know, maybe you do it in the summer and then you take a leave and go on a boat cruise or something. But the Lord shows up and says, listen, Leave everything you know. Leave the familiar place that you already have and move to somewhere I will show you. I will show. You don't know it yet. I'm going to show you. At 75. With a full family. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And... A lot of times, you know, people think, you know, Abraham is just one broke dude somewhere. Abraham was not broke. Abraham was not some desolate, some desperate man who, you know, is just looking for a break. Lord, just do something. I can't just die like this. Just do something. No. Verse 5. Let me see verse 5. It says, He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, and all what? His wealth. That's not a broke man. He has livestock. And all the people, no broke person (laughs) has all the people with him. (laughs) Except it's a community of broke people. But this is not what's happening here. He was taking care of his nephew. So, Abraham was not broke. He was not desperate. So, the word of God and the promise of God is not to those who are broke and desperate. It's for every person. So, when you think you are at a comfortable place, you know, you've hit retirement, and now it's time to just enjoy the rest of your life, and the Lord shows up, well, that's a new beginning. It means there is something more, there's something new, there's something greater than where you are. And what hit me when I was thinking about this was, that means if God is going to take him on this journey, even though he's old and tired and worn out, the Lord is going to supply the strength he needs. The Lord is going to keep him sharp for the journey. Hallelujah. So when the Lord comes with a word for you, he comes ready 
to energize you, to supply all the resources you need to accomplish that vision. And look at what Abraham said here in verse 4. The Bible says in verse 4, that Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. As the Lord has instructed. In other words, Abraham obeyed God. No questions asked. Now, Abraham had a choice. He could have said, Lord, you know, I've had my time. I've lived my life. You should have come like 40 years ago. Okay? This is my time to chill. You can't be sending me on this crazy journey. And you're not even giving me the full information, the details of this journey, where I'm going to, what I'm about to do at 75. No, no, Lord. Um, Lot is here, this young man. You can use him. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't have a child. I mean, I just lost my dad. It's enough. Okay? But Abraham said, Lord, I'm ready. Let's do this. And then fast forward to chapter 13. Now Abraham is wealthy. I mean, the Lord had had increased him even more. The Bible says in that chapter that they were so wealthy that the land could not contain his wealth and the wealth of Lot. When the Lord begins to move in your life and begin to fulfill his promise in your life, there is, there is, the anointing flows into everything and everyone around you. You just see that as you are flourishing, the people around you are also flourishing. Amen? So if, if, you know, and that, that, that's what, you know, our senior pastor is talking about, dispensing the blessing. You know, Lot was just enjoying, you know, blessing by association. You know, it's like, I'm here, man, I'm, I'm going to get mine, you know. So he was just getting it. But he, it turned out that there was now conflict. Just, you wake up in the morning, there's just chaos. You hear people quarreling. It's my turn to use this portion yeah, and all of that, you know. Lot represents chaos. Everything that brings chaos, crisis, infractions, all of that, that's disrupting your peace and your flow, that is what Lot represents. And so Lot has got to go. He was not a part of the original plan. The Bible says in chapter 12, leave your relatives. Lot is his nephew. He grabbed Lot. Why? Because he loved Lot. I mean, this is my nephew. Lot was not a kid. He was a grown man. Let him go. Everything that represents Lot in your life has got to go. There is no way that you are going to step into your next level with Lot hanging around. It is impossible. Look at uh, verse 14 of chapter 13. The Bible says right there that after Lot had gone, not before, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look, 
not before. That revelation, that next level, the details of the vision that God has given to you will not show up as long as Lot is around, causing confusion, giving so much distraction in your life. Yes, it's painful. You love Lot, but he's got to go. God has a plan for Lot. Let them go. It might not be a person. It might just be something you like, so let it go. It is standing in the way of your next level. Standing in the way of the next big thing God is about to do. The blessings of God is not just on one layer. From level to level, from grace to grace, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. Amen? Abraham could have said, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to do everything to make sure this thing works. And you're going to sacrifice your peace. Sacrifice your comfort. Keep sacrificing every day until you lose everything God has given to you. Even the starter pack, you're going to lose. <laughs> starter pack. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. So to get to your next level, Lot has got to go. And through those years, the Lord kept showing up. At every point, God shows up. He strikes a new covenant. He reinforces that covenant. And he takes Abraham to the next level. To the next level. To the point where he changed his name. And kept going. Now fast forward to chapter 22. Now, he has Isaac. And this represents, you know, the peak, the culmination of all that he has expected from God. Because at some point he said, Lord, you have blessed me. I have everything. But this is the one thing I need. And then the Lord blessed him with Isaac. The Lord didn't say anything year one, year two. According to, according to um, you know, uh, theologians, they say um, Isaac was at least at the very minimum in his 20s. At this point, this is not a kid. So in other words, you've seen this blessing grow. You have a point where, oh yeah, now I'm considering having grandkids with this blessing. This, this blessing is about to produce more blessings, right? This looks like, ah, oh, this, this vision is being fulfilled, you know? The father of many nations is making sense now. And the Lord showed up and said, I would say in verse 1, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith and said, Abraham, God called. Huh? What version is that? <laughs> yeah, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he, he replied, here I am. Verse 2, take your son. Now see how specific God is. Your only son. Remember there was Ishmael. Your only son. Yes, Isaac, not Ishmael. Because it's easier to kill off Ishmael. I mean... He almost lost his head because Ishmael happened. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> hey, listen. 
You are laughing because you know. <laughs> so we just keep pushing, okay? <laughs> he said, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. That blessing that I gave you, I want it back. That new thing, that choice thing, that, that prime thing, I wanted to give it away. Sow it into that life. Give it into that. Destroy it. Walk away from it. At this point, a lot of us will say, Lord, we've had a good run. It's been real. You know what? <laughs> Let somebody else take it up from here. You're like, you know, this father of many nations. Uh, I don't know about it. Uh, you know, let somebody else be the father of many nations. And at this point, nobody will hear anything about Abraham anymore. We will not be talking about Abraham today if he has shut down the plan of God. You are very integral to God's plan being fulfilled on the side of eternity. So when you hear people say, Lord, you know my address, you know where I am, you know, you will do what you want to do anyhow, you, hey, the Lord needs you to say yes. He needs you to, to get up and go. Amen? He said, take that one that you love so much and don't just hand him, don't just send him away. I want you to kill him. Have you heard people preaching back to God? God tells you something. Say, Lord, your word says, how can you be telling me this? Are you not the one that said, do not kill? Lord, you need to repent. <laughs> Peter did the same thing. He walked up to Jesus when he caught one little revelation. And they told him, thou, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. And he felt like, oh man, I just sensed the anointing. Now, Jesus, you need to stop confessing negative. You will not die. So repeat after me. You will not die. <laughs> well... <laughs> But that was what he did, though. <laughs> All of a sudden, he felt very spiritual. And Abraham didn't even think twice. He took that beloved thing and went on that mission. You know why? He, have, he has seen God move at every point. And he knew that this is not the time to stop. Because he knew that every time he obeyed God, God took him to another level. God took him to another level. This is not the time to stop obeying him. I'm just going to keep pushing. Whatever comes out of this, I know is going to be in my favor. And so he went on this journey. <laughs> and just about the time when he was about to kill that boy, the Lord said, stop. Don't lay your hand on that boy. Look at what the Bible says from verse 15. Now we're going to read this. From verse 15 it says, 
Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. Verse 16, it says, this is what the Lord says. Because you have what? Obeyed me. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, that precious thing. I swear by my name. Before now, God has said, you know, this will happen. I have this covenant with you. He brought the doves and all of those things in chapter 15 and caught a covenant. At this point, he said, listen, we are not killing any animals to cut any covenant. I swear by my name. I put my integrity on the line. I put my person on the If I fail you, I stop being God. If the Lord loses his integrity, what use? Why should you pray to him then? If the Lord turns around and says, I, you know, I was just joking. I, I, yeah, come on. Yeah, dude, you're so dumb. Why would you kill that boy? <laughs> he said, I swear by my name, my own name. Not by an angel's name, by my own name. I was certainly blessed. Abraham was blessed at this point. Abraham has received everything the Lord. But he said, I will certainly bless. So there was more. At this point, Abraham has not received the full blessing yet. With everything happening in his life. There was so much more. He said, I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And though through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you did what you have obeyed me. All because this has not happened yet. He had money. He had resources. He had an army in his house. He had everything. He had a son. But this level of the blessing was activated because he obeyed God on this test. So just when you think, oh, I've gotten this promotion. I've gotten to this level. I'm just going to stay right here and coast to the end of my life. And the Lord brings something before you and say, listen, do this. And you say, Lord, I, I don't think, I, I think that's my mind, you know. I think my emotions are playing tricks, you know. This, this, is, this cannot be God at this point. I just got here. But when you obey him, the Lord elevates you. That is when the Bible says, you know, we were like them that dreamed. And then it wouldn't even be you when you read that scripture. In the book of Psalms, 126, it says, then the nations, the people, are the ones that will praise God for the wonders in your life. Amen? What God is doing in your life is for his glory. It is for his glory. So you are just the, what he's using to showcase what he can do. Amen? So every time you stop God from manifesting his glory on the earth, you're actually stopping glory from coming to God. 
Hallelujah. Look at James chapter 2. Uh, we're going to read from verse 17. James chapter 2 from verse 17. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Are we getting something today? Yes. Praise God. Praise God. James chapter 2 verse 17. Are you with me? And the Bible says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. Now, you're going to see what this good deed is just later. It is dead and useless. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Next verse. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Next verse. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. A lot of people claim, I have faith. I'm full of faith. And there's no question about it. You believe. You have faith. But it, you can't stop there saying, I believe God. I know that God spoke to me. Yes, we believe you. What are you doing? What are you doing with the word that God gave you? Yes, you received the word. You know. There's no question. It's not your mind. It's not your emotions. You know God spoke to you. You know that this is the instruction of God. What are you doing? You believe it strongly. In fact, you've written a book about what God said. You've posted it on your status online. You've shared it. You know I mean? you've, you've weaved it into your messages. What are you doing with the word of God? And it says, even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. Next verse. Now, the Bible said this. It says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So that faith you have is useless. Next verse. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Next. You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Next. And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. What did the angels say that Abraham did? I, he obeyed God. The good deed is that Abraham obeyed God. The action you take when God speaks is, Lord, I believe you. And I will do as you have said. Chapter 12 that we read said, Abraham went ahead to do as the Lord had instructed. At the very center of this covenant being fulfilled in our lives, the, the full blessing being poured into our lives is us being obedient to God. Yes, you're in the covenant, but you will not experience this blessing as long as you continue refusing to obey God. 
The Bible talks about rain being falling on everyone and the sun rising on everyone. There are some blessings, some benefits of being in the covenant that is available to every human being. Everyone. But there are specific things that will not happen as long as you refuse to obey God's instruction to you as a person. Because you have the congregational blessing. Oh, you enjoy that and all that. It just keeps you going. Keep you going. But to get to where God has determined for you and I, we need to obey God consistently. Consistently. Not just seasonally, you know, when you feel good about it, you know. And there are no skipping steps. You say, Lord, no, I don't like this, this, this one you're bringing to me right now. I need the next one, you know. Uh, you need to take me higher than this. I, I'm more than this, Lord. You know. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, God. Time is running fast. Right. So, but we find that even when we seek to obey God, there is something that I found that a lot of believers do. And that also hampers our ability to truly obey God. Because when God speaks to you, it provokes, if that's the word, you know, it, 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 it causes, it, it, there are action steps that follow every instruction, right? When the Lord says, told Abraham, go kill your son. That is a specific step. And he told him where to go do it. So the Lord was specific. Whatever God tells you, he is very specific about it. If he says, get up and go. Just get up and go. And then along the way, he's going to reveal more and more and more to you until you get to the final step. You know, last, last Sunday, you know, when I was senior pastor, last Sunday before I came to church, I woke up with this and I said, you know, because I've been working on a few things. I said I was not going to talk about myself today, so leave it alone. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So, one thing that stops us from fulfilling the will of God and obeying God is that we stereotype God. What do I mean? You read in a book or you hear somebody's testimony or you read, you, you, you watch something, whatever it is, and you see that somebody went through the very same thing that you are going through. And then you say, and then the person says, you know, I, I just stayed up all night for seven days, no water, no nothing, and, and just prayed and pressed, you know. And all of a sudden, I saw sun rays, and the Lord spoke. And right after that, everything changed. And then you took it and ran up and said, if the Lord did it for that person, oh, God, he will do it for me. And then you go lock up. Seven days, pray, press, and you see a bright light. <laughs> but it's not a kind of bright light that person saw. 
And now you're hearing voices, do not go toward the light. <laughs> and you wake up in the ER. That is not God. <laughs> All right? Don't stereotype God. The Bible says, you know, in the book of Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, the Bible, these Israelites coming out of Egypt, and the Lord said, Stand still and see the salvation of your God. I will give you the victory and you will hold your peace. Right? He said it to these people at this time, they were worn out. These people were not ready for battle. They had an active adversary coming from behind. The Red Sea is before them. They had nothing to do. At this point, they were trapped. But the Lord said, be still. The same people faced with conflict again in Deuteronomy chapter 20 and Joshua chapter 8, the Bible says, gather everybody who can fight. Marshal out all your resources. Go into battle. You will fight this time. But guess what? I will be with you and I will give you the victory. Hear me, if they had taken standstill, they would be destroyed. At another time, because God cannot be stereotyped, he said, listen, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, these people were surrounded by three armies from three nations. He knew he didn't have the ability to destroy these people. But with God on his side, he could do it. But at this time, God said, you know what? Drop your weapons. And lift up a praise before me. Break out in praise. And watch me get this victory for you. And they broke out in praise like they already had the victory. That they have already won the war. I mean, think about it. You are about to face an adversary. You have not fought yet. The battle is for tomorrow. And your enemy starts to hear you sing and chant songs of victory like they already. And you're like, when did we fight this war? And the Lord caused the enemy to begin to destroy themselves. At this point, you cannot go in there and say you're going to fight. God said, sing. Do not stereotype God. Moses was told, strike the rock. He did it the first time. The next time God said, speak to the rock. He struck it twice. He disobeyed God. Moses was the meekest man on earth. He disobeyed God. It cost him the promised land. For every time you choose to disobey God, it costs you something. The leaf on the tree is still green even though it's cut down. But watch it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. He says, sing, break out in praise. The time when you ought to be fighting and marshalling out all your resources, you know, and watch it. These are all the same kind of situation. They were faced with conflict. They were faced with war. They were faced with a fight. So, 
at some point, the Lord may say, you want to propose, you want to apply for a job, or you want to put in something for a contract. And one time the Lord will say, hold your peace. Just stand still and watch. Watch me turn this thing around. Another time the Lord will say, you know what? Bring everything you have. Call this person, call that person, make that connection, let them go forth. And I will speak for you. Another time, the Lord will say, sing praise. But you cannot just take one and impose on another situation. It will not work. And you cannot blame God that, Lord, I sang, you didn't show up. Did I send you to sing? No. The Lord will never bless your disobedience. And that is why we are having all this disconnect, this whole problem we are having in the body of Christ. And then you see somebody wake up and say, this thing doesn't work. It works. It works. When did you stop believing? When did you stop obeying? Let's check that. What did the Lord say to you? What was the instruction he gave? And then what did you do? Let's check it. Because if you did exactly what he told you to do, the Bible says, have it done or stand. When your obedience is complete, then you can judge every other disobedience. You cannot be in disobedience and then you say, Lord, I, I'm here right now. Open the heavens. Open what? <laughs> Open what? <laughs> Oh, glory to God. Man, man, man. Wow. 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 You know, I wrote here, it says, for every defined process, there is an unspoken demand for obedience. God always guarantees his presence. And victory. But he also determines the process. You do not determine the process. I was counseling somebody many years ago, three, four years ago, and the person was complaining about a few things. And but he said, Well, you know, my life is good, you know, all this is happening. God definitely must love me, grace is working, blah blah blah. But their lives we're not really lining up with the word of God. But they had this recurring problem. This thing that just shuts them down every now and then. And what dropped in my spirit was, you cannot serve God on your own terms. You don't do it on your own terms. If you, you have a choice, do not be in the covenant. Okay, that sounds strange, but it's true. You made a decision to follow God. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. That it is God who is at work in us. Both to will and to do. Not your pleasure. His pleasure. So what is going to happen in your life. Is what he wants to happen in your life. The moment you decide. I'm going to do it my way. He hands off. He steps back. And then you realize. How vulnerable you are. 
we must serve God on his own terms. And serving him on his own terms is, sir, yes, sir. I obey every word you say. It's not convenient. It's not comfortable. I mean, look at all the things I'm leaving behind. But I will do as you have said. That is the way the covenant can produce in your life. I'm going to close out here. I have so much to talk about, but I love the story. This is one story the Lord dropped in my spirit uh, when I was studying this whole um, thing about obedience. And it wraps up everything in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 22. Matthew, chapter 14. We're going to read from verse 22. This is a story about Jesus walking on water and Peter also walking on water. Amen? And think about this. Think about the last instruction God gave you. Think about your vision. Think about the prayer request that you have right now that you want God to move on. The Bible says that Jesus Christ told the disciples, go on the boat and go on this journey. I'm just going to take a minute to pray and quieten down. And his disciples went on. The Bible says that there was a storm. Next verse, let's see. Next verse. Meanwhile, the, hello, go back one, thank you. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. This was before Jesus showed up. So a lot of times when we read this story, we read it as though the storm came when, Jesus stepped, uh, when, when Peter stepped out of the boat. The storm was there already. So they were battling this thing, and here comes Jesus in the midst of the storm, walking on water. They all were afraid. You know, I heard the news about a bank, you know, shutting down Silicon Valley Bank or something. And all this crisis and there's so much fear in the air. What's happening? Instability. This is a storm. And people are troubled. People are afraid. Is my money safe? And here comes Jesus walking on water. You want to make an investment. You want to launch a new business. You want to launch out into a new venture. But it feels like this is the wrong time to do it. Matter of fact, you're in the wrong place. And here comes Jesus walking on water. <laughs> and now you're afraid. Like, okay, we have a storm. Now we have to deal with a ghost. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the Lord told them, be still. You know, take courage. I'm here. I told you. You know, you have my presence always. And then Peter said, Lord, if that is you, now this is where all of us are. You recognize that there is a God. You do well. <laughs> Lord, if that is you, tell me to come. And I will, this is his expectation. I will walk on water. You have made your prayer. 
You've seen God. You've heard the voice of God. You say, Lord, you, now you table your request. Lord, this is my expectation. This is my desire. You said that, the, you know, I have access to the full blessing. Well, this aspect of the full blessing is what I want in this season of my life. Lord, just tell me, what do I need to do to access this blessing? And the Bible says in the next verse, and Jesus said, come. Jesus didn't say, come and walk on water. He just said, come. That come encapsulates everything he needed to do. Come, Peter was walking on that word come, which means I'm walking on water. Guaranteed that the Lord is going to make sure that I don't sink. The Lord has spoken. He has given me his instruction. I'm just going to obey. He will do the rest. He will make sure that I don't sink. He will make sure that I don't fail. He will make sure that everything is working together for my good. I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to launch out by faith. Trust in the word of God. And Peter started to walk on this water. Remember, 11, we're still in the boat. That 11 could have said, Peter is walking on water. Lord, can I walk as well? Now, Jesus could have said, yeah, no, you will not walk. Why don't you swim? Why don't you jump on the water? He could give different instructions. He could also say, well, everybody come out of the boat and let's walk. But they refused to speak. Why? They were afraid. They were not sure he was going to walk. Right? How many times have you thought about doing stuff? Launching out with your project. And you're like, ah, the market is saturated with this. Who is going to recognize me in this? Is this thing going to work? Is it even possible? Lord, you know what? Let's just leave it out. You know, we have enough people already doing this. But the Lord wanted you to have an experience. Sometimes it's not about the project itself. It's all about boosting your confidence in him. That with him, all things are possible. That you can walk on water. It's not about you walking on water at this time. It's about the future when you need to walk on water. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says he was walking on this water. And at some point, he got complacent. Remember, there was a storm still. When he was making this request, the banks had shut down. There was a crisis, depression, recession. But he launched out and said, I'm going to start this new venture. (laughs) And then, all of a sudden, He now remembered that he went to school. He remembered that he needed to check, you know, the fundamentals, the statistics, you know, the stock market and all of those things. He now started to look at his abilities and capabilities. He started to look at, you know, all the people around him. Do I have people? Do I have help? He forgot that he was walking on calm. He forgot that it was the Lord that told him to come out. Not any man. In spite of everything around you. The Bible says Abraham not considering his body dead. He knew the body was dead. But at this point he did not consider it anymore. Because he has broken into a different level. But Peter now said. He took his eyes away from Jesus. Took his eyes away from destruction. And now focused on the storm. 
And the more he looked at the storm, his faith in God started to diminish. And the Bible says he started to sink. He didn't sink. He started to sink as his faith was diminishing. But praise God, he was wise enough to turn back to Christ, the one who is able to deliver, to save him, to bring him out again. He turned around again to Christ and said, Lord Jesus, save me. Help me, Lord. So it's not over yet. You made a mistake. You stopped obeying and following God. You tried to do it on your own and you derailed. Well, this is the time when you say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Don't let anybody tell you that it's over with you. That no, because you disobeyed him, uh, he has canceled you out of the plan. No way. The Lord will restore you. The Bible says that Jesus Christ pulled him up and they walked back into the boat. Jesus didn't take him on his back. Jesus didn't just cradle him and put him back. No, he's a grown man. Come on. They both walked back into the boat. So Peter experienced the miracle a second time. While others were shaking in the boat. Sometimes we need certain experiences to, to, to shock our minds to the possibilities in God. Sometimes when you fail, it is an opportunity to see God's restorative power. Say, God is not done yet with you. You failed. Okay, here I am right now. No need rehashing this situation. It, it, it's bad. Lord, I need your help. Restore me, oh God. And it sets you on the path of restoration. And every person who was laughing at you before said, well, I told you not to go before and now look at you. You failed. Who's going to help you right now? And when you called out to the Lord, the Lord pulled you up and pulled you out. And now you're walking again back on water into the boat. And the storm was still there. When you fail to recognize that it is not by your might, nor by your power. Every time the Lord said, I will give you the victory. He prefaces it with, I will be with you. Check all those scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 20. Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 6. Exodus chapter 14, 13 and 14. I will be with you. God guarantees you his presence. And where you have his presence, there will be peace and victory. But listen now for the process he's given to you. How he will do it, he is the one to determine. Glory to God. Glory to God. So don't quit. Don't stop believing. You heard him. You're too scared to launch out. You heard him. But you're looking for somebody else who had the same experience. That can back up your belief. Oh no. I will dare to believe God. When Abraham chose to obey God with Isaac, nobody had done it before. When Moses was faced with the Red Sea and the army of 
Egypt, nobody had parted the Red Sea before. Hallelujah. When Peter was in that boat requesting to walk on water, no other man had walked on water. I know that somebody tried to walk on water in Africa where? <laughs> it didn't end good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a story. I had a story of a young man. I'm closing right now. I had a story of a man in Kenya right now who is seeking police help. Because <laughs> oh, for many years now, he has been claiming that he's Jesus Christ. And he's been walking around enjoying the blessings and benefits of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and now the people of Kenya say, okay, Easter is around the corner. We are going to crucify you. <laughs> to be sure. True story. Go Google it. <laughs> we will crucify you. And now the man is panicking and seeking help. <laughs> he, went, he went to the police and seeking protection from his community because they want to crucify <laughs> Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. It is well. Praise God. What have I said today? Just obey God. It might not make sense to you. It might not make sense in the moment. Just obey God. You're looking for a job and the Lord tells you, sing. How does that make sense? You are going through crisis in the office and the Lord says, be still. How does that make sense? Now you could rush up to the HR and all of that. It might complicate your case. But at that time, the Lord says, be still. Another time the Lord will say, okay, you've, you've had your time here. Pack up. Get out. Now when you look at the family you have, your responsibilities, it does not make sense to pack up and leave right now. But the Lord is ready to do something new. So do not look at the environment. Do not look at the things around you. Listen to the voice of God. Hallelujah. Did we get something today? Glory to God. Let's rise up on our feet and give God praise for his word. And let's just make that commitment to him today. It really doesn't matter what the journey has been for you up until this very moment. The Bible says that the days of ignorance, the Lord winked that he overlooked. And now he calls every one of us to repentance. So I want us to make that decision today. That wherever he leads, we will go. Whatever he says, we will do. We are willing and ready to obey God in all things and at all times. Father God, we turn it all over to you, God. We surrender completely to you, our God. We say, Lord, have your way in our lives. Have your way in our lives, oh God. We come to you totally submitted to you, Lord. We will do what you say do, Lord. 
we want your glory to be manifest here on earth. And we are willing vessels, willing vessels, instruments of your glory here on earth, O oh God. We submit to you, Jehovah. Thank you, Father. Now, I want us to pray a prayer this morning or this afternoon. Everything that represents a lot in your life. That the Lord will grant you the wisdom to disconnect from it. The Lord will reveal it to you and he will grant you the wisdom to severe that relationship. If you desire to step up to the next level, if you desire to see what God is revealing, I want us to pray that prayer right now. Whatever is going to stop you from getting to your next level, going to the next big thing that God is doing, engaging in your new beginning, Father, we terminate that thing right now in the name of Jesus. We receive your wisdom. We receive your wisdom, oh God. We receive your wisdom, our God, in the name of Jesus. Everything that is disrupting the peace of your people. Everything that is causing chaos in the lives of your people. Everything, oh God, that is causing constant infractions in the lives of your people. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you reveal it, oh God. And grant us the wisdom to terminate that thing in the name of Jesus. To disconnect from that thing in the name of Jesus. My God and Father, we thank you. We thank you, our God. We will step into our next level. We will see what you are revealing. We will see what you are revealing. In the name of Jesus Christ, we will walk the land and breath of the land that you are giving to us in the name of Jesus. Of the areas that you are giving to us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Put your hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed today? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm ready. I'm ready for my next level. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah.